Folks, welcome to Josh's Worst Nightmare Oddcast, presented by Denver Horror Collective. I am your host, author Josh Schlossberg, surveying the dark landscape of biological horror fiction. For this episode, we've got A.E. Santana. A.E. Santana is a Southern California native who grew up in a farming community surrounded by the Sonoran Desert. A lover of horror and fantasy, her works can be found in Latinx Screams, Demonic Carnival 3, and other horror anthologies. She is the managing editor for Kelp Journal and Books and the moderator for the horror book club, The Thing in the Labyrinth. Welcome to my nightmare, A.E. Hello, thanks for having me. Of course. Well, I'm very glad you're here. And as folks might be aware or might not, on Josh's Worst Nightmare, I invite on horror authors, horror creators, but primarily authors, to talk about an aspect of biological horror, which I define as living creatures, vital processes, relevant to their writing in some way or just their interest. This episode, we're talking about cute little kitty cats. That doesn't have anything to do with horror fiction, does it? It does. It's going to be uh, really fun to delve into how cats are used in horror, not just horror literature, but also horror film. Um, so I'm excited to talk about it. Cool. Well, yeah, off the top of my head, I mean, I can think of two really famous, depending on what you read, stories with cat stuff. So there's the Black Cat by Edgar Allan Poe, the thing where he basically abuses, spoiler alert, whatever, it's 200 years old story, <laughs> but he abuses a cat and it basically gets back at him as it should. And then the Cats of Ulthar, which is an H.P. Lovecraft story about a town that has basically, they worship cats is all I'll say, because people might not have read that one. So I don't want to spoil that one, but that's, that's uh those are the two cat stories off the top of my head that, that I can think of. Yes. Um, and uh, those two stories, I feel, set a precedent for cat horror stories going forward. I would also like to include Bram Stoker's short story about a cat called The Squaw, which also has the same um, themes in the story, as does The Cats of Ulthar and The Black Cat by Edgar Allan Poe. So, and that's one of the things I want to talk about is this um, reoccurring theme that happens with cats in horror. Interesting. Yeah. So have you done much writing about cat stuff in horror? Or is that something you're kind of percolating and you're going to do some? Or what's your thoughts on that? Um, it's uh, going for it. I have written some stories about cats, um, and one of them was published on uh, the uh, Fright Girl Summer, which is run by V. Castro and Sonora Taylor, who are an um, amazing part of the horror community. Uh, and But going forward, I hope to incorporate more cats. I really love cats a lot, and I hate seeing animals hurt in any form or way. And unfortunately, when you use an animal in horror, that's right. kind of what happens to them. Um, in horror movies, they usually have a dog or a cat or some animal that gets hurt before a human does to signify the rising uh, danger. So they start small and they go mm. up and they usually use an animal for that. Um, so I, but I don't like hurting animals. So I'm trying to find ways in which to use animals, cats, especially in horror, 
without really hurting them. And that is also to kind of reverse this longstanding trope of the cat theme that we see in horror as well. That's a good point. And that reminds me of so Pet Cemetery, right? Mm -hmm. So church, the cat is run over first. And then that's sort of the dry run for again, spoiler alert, whatever, for whatever happens later in the in the book, let's just put it that way. Right. So yeah, that's a good point. Right. Yeah. So that's used a lot. Stephen King, unfortunately, has does that too. Also in the movie Children of the Corn, there is the man with the gas station who has a dog. The dog gets hurt. Uh, he gets uh, dismembered by the children. Um, right. And that's a signifier that things are about to go downhill. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's funny because people do get more upset with and, and I'm not saying it's wrong, but people get more upset with the killing of the animals than than all of the humans. That's the, me. Thing. It's it's <laughs> really who I it's am. most people. Like you, I can <laughs> you can kill whoever you want, however you want. But it, kill them dead. Gonna, if like don't kill a dog, don't kill a cat. Like those right. are there are certain rules that I I do try to. Uh, I mean, I, I ignore most rules, but that one rule, I'm like, I'm not going to mess with that. That's. Uh, but I, I should use the opportunity to plug one of my own stories just because it is relevant. It's not just self-centeredness, but it's also <laughs> that. But so I wrote a story called The Cat's Meow, and it was published in Disturbed Digest several years ago. I think they're actually defunct now, so I don't even know if you can still get it. I, I may re-release it at some point, but I, I definitely delved as much as I could into some of the cat stuff, and, and I, I won't talk much much about it, but, but I, the cats in that are not are not abused so that they and they in fact they uh they do they're more the perpetrators but in a way that's not actually even their fault so that's that's my way of a very bad explanation of that story but uh so do you actually have you have a cat do you not yes i have a cat um he is 10 years old and he is my sweet little baby and i love him and everyone else thinks he's the devil which is fair um uh, and he's not mean i wouldn't say in a way in that he is a mean cat he is just um he how how did one of my friends say that he was kind of like um like a serial killer where he's really charming at first and you're like oh this cat is so gorgeous and charming he's like the ted bundy of cats and so you go to want to pet him and as long, and if you're not me or my fiance, he attacks you, even though a moment ago, he seemed like he was ready for pets. So, and I'm just like that, that I tell people all the time, even if you have cats, you, you can't just go up to a cat and touch them. They have boundaries. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's one of the difference between cats and dogs is that, um, I mean, dogs have boundaries too, but they're different and possibly more lax than cats' boundaries. Yes. Um, and actually those boundaries also go into the theme that I had mentioned before about why cats are possibly used in horror the way that they are. Hmm. Yeah, so, so with my cat, like he's male um, and he, he is very pretty, right? And, and, but I think, in horror cats are often a stand-in for women and when we see the mistreatment of cats um it's almost like a stand-in for mistreatment of a woman or female archetype 
and this goes back to you know cats being um, considered like witches familiars and um, when people think of cats they probably automatically think of a female cat or female attributes um, and one of the things that the main theme of cats that I see in horror literature particularly is revenge and that goes hand in hand with the idea of hell hath no fury like a woman's scorn the fear of a woman's revenge so we have the black cat that's a revenge story the cats of ulfars that is also a revenge story the squaw by bram stoker that is a revenge of revenge story in um, stephen king's short story uh, the cat from hell that's a revenge story so we have all these stories starting from the 1800s until contemporary times that involve cats and whether the cats are male or female doesn't matter they are almost like a stand-in for the female archetype or for the woman who have been mistreated and abused in society or by a person i mean look at um the black cat by Edgar Allan Poe when a spoiler alert um when the police do find the black cat walled up the cat has been walled up with the wife the wife was the one who eventually was murdered so mm. it started with the murder of the first black cat and then a, but in the end the person he actually wanted to murder this whole time is his wife and he does and the right. cat comes back and takes revenge right yeah well, that's really interesting right and then in in the cats of ulfars and you 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 know i want people to go read it like you said but it is about a town where people worship cats but that is a that is that is how the story begins and ends but the revenge is the reason why they end up worshiping the cats yeah yeah mm -hmm. that's right yeah that's yeah. that's that's fascinating parallel there huh and those are both um so the black cat was 1843 okay. and uh the cats of ulthar is 1920 it's a 1920 story so even in the 1800s early 1900s there was already this theme that was being um molded about cats and revenge and people who own cats know that if you accidentally step on your dog's paw right. the dog you're gonna cry and be oh my god i'm so sorry and the dog's gonna be like readily forgive you yeah. right which is great i love dogs we have a dog too i don't just own a cat i also own a dog <laughs> but if you step on a cat's paw even on accident the cat will take about two weeks <laughs> to forgive you um and I have seen a lot on social media lately about people talking about cats and their correspondence with women about how um, if you don't like cats, you need to take a look at your boundaries and that there's a lot of people saying on social media right now that um, the things that people don't like about cats are the things that people don't like about women and that they're drawing those parallels um and that's only happening now i mean i'm on like cat TikTok and cat instagram so i'm getting all of this information um 
And of course, it's all opinion based, but it's really interesting to see that there is a community out there who all have the same idea. And as we know, as writers, when we start writing, are any kind of art eventually influences the zeitgeist. So when people have these ideas and they start, um, whether it's a TikTok or just a photo shoot or they're making movies or they're writing stories, it starts to influence the way that people think. And that's what happened to cats back during um, medieval times when the witch hunts were going on. So there was the propaganda by the Catholic Church. And part of that was people saying, oh, cats are evil. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, and it's the same idea, but instead of church propaganda, we're using art to, to change people's opinion about an animal or what have you. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it is funny because you do think, you think dog, you think, a, you know, like a, a dopey guy, right? And then you think cat and it's kind of like this sleek woman. And uh, yeah, that that certainly has a way of getting in people's, heads and and i could see those parallels and then then mm -hmm. there's the, the revenge that is based on i mean I, I don't particularly in my mind equate like revenge with with women per se but so that's cats good. but so cats so the the cat revenge thing so that's that's kind of true right so, i mean i mean they don't know how to take revenge per se but like the holding the grudge thing so that's i mean that seems to be you know the 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 women parallel aside that seems to be almost an accurate depiction of a cat oh um, yeah which is which is yeah i mean they're a dog i mean is a pack animal right and so mm -hmm. whoever the alpha is they're like okay do whatever you want to me more or less unless i'm the alpha and those are the dogs that can be sometimes uh, a bit of a problem but with cats there's even though lions had prides they're they're more of a they're individualistic so they're gonna mm -hmm. have those clear boundaries and well i i have a theory that i actually believe that all human fear of the dark like the monsters we're afraid in, of in the dark in our evolutionary past they were the big cats like those were the things that ate stalked and killed us bears that wasn't really like you maybe you go into the wrong cave once in a while a bear would kill you know it's like that it happened but like wolves wolves don't really kill people like that that's i'm sure it's happened on occasion but that that's pretty rare cats regularly stalked and ate humans and they actually believe there was one species of wild cat back in the day that had evolved fangs specifically they think to predate on humans <laughs> like there was a so i i think there's a reason for us to be a little bit instinctually afraid of cats i mean still to this day tigers and lions do they do mm -hmm. kill and eat people in in places like india and other places like that and there's always the you know i don't know if you, you like this or not but there's like the idea of like well if your cat was big enough it would probably kill you i don't oh, yeah. actually, i don't i don't think most <laughs> cats probably but then there's all the stuff to do with um if you're your dead body they'll eat you but that i mean that's who, who can blame a hungry thing for eating a, you know, a dead thing? I don't hold that against them. <laughs> right. And also what I would like to tell everybody who swears that their dog wouldn't eat them, your <laughs> right. dog would 100% eat The dog eat would too, for sure. I don't know where this idea, where this dog, the dog doesn't eat you when you're dead comes from. I don't know how that started. Yeah. But I have an uncle who is a retired sheriff 
And he mm. has told me that there have been many times when they've done house checks, uh, wellness checks for people who unfortunately have passed away and their dogs got hungry and ate them. And he well, saw that more often yeah. than the cats eating them. Yeah. And I'm sure there's instances yeah. where it, I mean, I'm probably in most occasions, the animals wouldn't, but here's the thing. Cats are not scavengers. They're, they're mm -hmm. they kill live things. Dogs. Right have evolved from being scavengers so yeah they would be more likely to oh, we're going to get all the the dog people who are gonna, <laughs> have to do all, another episode on dogs. right all i'm saying is that that <laughs> this whole dog versus cat dynamic is kind of silly because yeah, they yeah. are different animals but they have their good and their bad yes i agree with you that cats are um made to hunt right there's this funny meme that says um, the reason why cats hate us is because they're God's perfect killing machine, but we pick them up and kiss them on their little faces. Um, so, uh, and, and I understand the whole, you know, there's a lot of animals going extinct right now because domestic, wild domestic cats um, are hunting them into extinction. Yeah. Um, and that is true. That is happening. That's and that's not, and that's not great. I don't agree with that. Um, but if my cat wanted to eat me when I was dead, all right, I'm dead. Right. You know? No, there's nothing. How about it, little buddy? Yeah. 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 I, do, yeah, I, I, um, I used to live uh, in this property in Vermont and my roommate's girlfriend's cat lived with us. It was called Bob the cat. And Bob the cat was actually basically a dog mm -hmm. inside a cat's body. And it, it would kind of roam around the fields. It would go on hikes with us. It would run when we called it. And, oh, and Bob, Bob was a I great like. cat, but I, but he would, it would go after the chipmunks. And so I would have to, I would save the chipmunks. And here's the thing about that cats that also might lend to its dark reputation is they, they play with their prey, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's, they're not the only animal that does that, but they're definitely an animal that does that. So mm -hmm. that's, that's one in the, you know, the dark column, but that I, I'm a, I believe anything that evolved naturally and, um, you know, that, that behavior cats are a lot closer to the original natural cat than dogs are that, mm -hmm. that probably evolved for a reason. I, I don't hold that against them, but I right. will try to save the chipmunks. I do. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. I remember as a little kid, I've always had cats. There was one time as, cause I grew up in the farming community, as uh, you mentioned in my bio. And so we just had a lot of cats, right? There were mm -hmm. outdoor cats. They, they were mouse hunters, they caught lizards, they caught all mm -hmm. those kinds of things, but once yeah. they would catch birds or rabbits and they were too big to kill huh. right away. And so one of my things was I would go and save these animals from the cats yeah. and, um, and I would nurse them back to health and then release the animal back into the wild uh, because the cats have an instinct to hunt, as you were right. saying. And so I, that I think is something um that does play into the horror of the cat mm -hmm. uh, because we never know when it's going to attack i also like to think that it's mm -hmm. easier to use a cat than it is a dog and the reason for that is is because so many people are love dogs so much and are so attached to dogs right so they hate the idea of the dog being evil it's right. easier to put put it on the cat right yeah. it's it's kind of like the evil cat lady and the fun dopey dog guy right but in reality in today's society 
who we learning is actually the more who more likely to hurt you. Um, and I think that's why Kudro was such a, a, a scary story, even though it didn't have any supernatural elements to it, because people are so used to horror having the cat hissing and the cat's glowing eyes. And but the cat is small, like I would never kick a cat. But if you wanted a cat to get away from you, just kick it right? It's little. It's really not going to do any damage to you. Mm-hmm. But a St. Bernard is going to do damage to you. And so I think it's interesting that people go to cats as the evil animal when it can actually do less harm to you than your dog does. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, domesticated dogs are far more dangerous than wild wolves. Wild wolves almost mm-hmm. never have almost never attacked people. But domesticated and i'm not anti i'm not afraid of dogs but like if you're more likely like when i walk on i walk in trails all the time i'm in the wild all the time um i know statistically you know people are like oh bears mountain lions stuff statistically the most likely thing well is probably like a hunter's bullet that's or or basically somebody's dog off the leash and again, i'm not afraid of dogs so i don't i'm not worried about it but just statistically speaking that's the most likely thing that's going to happen to me so it's right. it's fun but everyone's like oh mountain lion i'm not afraid of mountain lions at, actually at, at all um and i've seen have bobcat who lives not far from here sometime and they're 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 beautiful beautiful wild so creatures. pretty but mountain lions could like if it wanted to probably probably could kill me but if you fight them off, they, they typically don't, if you're a child, a mountain lion will eat you. Sorry. Yeah. But other than that, most, and the times that they do attack, it's typically, well, Southern California, you, you would probably know, although not as much out in Sonora, but Sonoran desert, but it's the joggers, right? So it triggers the instinct in the thing. And they're like, I guess that's prey. But if you punch it in the face, it's like, oh, this is clearly not my prey. I'm right. That's what they say about sharks too. And people are scared of sharks. So I'm, I'm more like, afraid of sharks. Because <laughs> I'm swimming in the thing. Oh. That's a lot. Like I'd, I'd be more content. I could fight a shark <laughs> on land, but uh, I'm more afraid Fair. of <laughs> the water. <laughs> I'm sure you, I pause. If you were fighting a shark on land, uh, I'd put my uh, money on you. I win every time. Yes, right. But yeah, punch um, them in the nose is what they say. Uh, yes, yeah. right. And they say that with bears. I mean, if you punched a human in the nose, you could probably get away too. Just punch, well, yeah, just punch bear, everything yeah. in the nose. You want to try to get away from, you want to walk away. Grizzly bears versus black bears. I'll have to do a whole other episode on bears and we can get into those details. Yeah. But, but um, yeah. But well, one thing I wanted to say about, um, what was it? Oh yeah. So, so I'll, I'll go more, one more negative and then I'll do some positive to kind of like <laughs> balance it out. But so my story catch me out was about something called toxoplasmosis. So it's a disease that, well, it's not a disease. It's a parasite that's in cat shit basically. And um, it's, it's kind of prevalent and there are all sorts of human elements associated with it we don't know a ton about it. it it can do everything from nothing to weird things and and so the crazy cat lady myth has some basis in reality because some of those folks may have developed toxoplasmosis um and so there's some of that and toxo there's so many weird that i've written articles about it, and i included all the science in my short story too so it's all there it actually can and i don't want to get too much in details but it can actually make it makes people horny. <laughs> um, it makes you a worse driver. There's all sorts of weird things that are associated with toxoplasmosis. 
Yeah. Yes. I am very aware of toxoplasmosis. As a crazy cat lady, once I first found out about toxoplasmosis, I'm like, oh, that's me then. That's what happened. <laughs> oh, so that's the, and my friends and I all joke about it. Like Ashley has a cat poop parasite in her brain. I'm like guilty, um, like not even a problem for me. I'm like, it's too late. I've drank the Kool-Aid. I, right, well, I, it passes yeah. through and it's done. And, and, right. and it's mostly, they think, I mean, if it's a cat, an indoor cat can't usually get it. And no. it's usually, um, it's from picking up stuff from outside and mm -hmm. then it, it gets it once. And then it's not like constantly infected, no. but that's yeah. why, you know, pregnant woman, a pregnant woman, probably, you know, there's a reason why they're, they're encouraged not to do the cat litter thing. Although that might be just uh propaganda to, for them to not, <laughs> it's like, Oh, I'm pregnant. I guess I can't do it, but it's harder for her to bend down anyway. Right. I, I think it's, do it. it's interesting, interesting that you bring up pregnant women because there is a long history of cats and pregnancy and connected to women a mm. lot of ancient uh cat goddesses are goddesses of sexuality and and of the family protectors of children protectors mm. of family and then in the middle ages that switched right so it, it went along with the whole which is familiar thing well, instead of being a protector of the family it became uh, something that kills children mm -hmm. Right. And there are cases and I can see where it happens. Cats will go and they will um, fall asleep wherever it's warm. Right? right. And there have been real life cases where totally on accident, the cats do not have a murderous intent, but I understand it's still not good, mm -hmm. where they accidentally suffocate a, like a newborn baby because right. they fell asleep on the baby's face because it was warm. They don't know. Right. Um, and this was like way this uh, this this happened, um, I've, I've seen stories about this happening different times. And so there's this idea where, where the cat will steal the baby's breath. That's right. where this myth comes right. from. And I was like, maybe you should watch your baby because the cat is an animal. Of course. It's <laughs> there, the people's there are also, I remember I wanted a ferret and my mom sent me a bunch of, of, um, uh articles about how ferrets are evil and i'm like wow but but the honesty is that any any animal anyone already has a prejudice against they can find any article oh, if yeah. someone doesn't like dogs i can find tons of articles negative about dogs negative about cats ferrets negative about birds right because the reality is that they are not negative or positive they are just animals right yeah the only the thing that i think does way factor into people who don't like dogs or cats i mean so they have the so they have the the predator so the predator eyes are like close together like that so there's predator eyes and then there's like prey eyes so like deer eyes are off to their side it's kind of so they can see that so there is something about the predator eye that is always going to strike a little bit of something in us so what's funny about that is that there are also um studies that show that for that that also, that may be the opposite that's mm. why people like cats right because they have they have the faces that mimic a human baby right a little face with big eyes and the fact that they have their eyes on the front of their head mm. like we do and mm. not on the side then um they and they and their meows have evolved to mimic the cries <laughs> of a human child so it's almost like cats are the ultimate prey and it's funny because like i said earlier i called my cat a serial killer 
because that's what they do. They'll lure you in, right? Yeah. And they're like, I'm just cute little baby, mew, mew, mew. And then they, and then you pet them the wrong way and they're like, no, it's right. scratch time. So, but it is, it's, it is interesting how a lot of people um, don't like the way cats look. And then there's another whole group of people who are enamored with the way that cats look and it affects them totally differently. Um, and so the psychology of that is mm -hmm. just um, fascinating. I'm definitely falling to the person when I see a cat staring at me, I don't think predator. I think cute right. little baby, what can I do so that you let me touch you? <laughs> what can I do? What, please tell me, uh, master my new master just any new cat on the street what do you want me to do i'll do anything if i could pet you um and there's other people who see cats and they're like that's the devil right i think most people definitely like cats you know think they're pretty i mean they're they're beautiful animals and yeah and the human aspect yeah i, I certainly wouldn't wouldn't downplay all that um and yeah maybe just to wrap it up on more of the yeah positive stuff with the cats even though yeah, I, I like to see more cats in, not as the protagonist per se, but, you know, yeah, more heroic role, but at the same time, acknowledging the, their shadow. Like, that's what I like about everything is like, everything has the balance, shadow, light. I don't want to ignore one thing, but yeah, if the trope is always kill the cat, I'm, I'm a fan of just for even say creative creativity sake like stop relying on a tired trope right but mm -hmm. but yeah why, why do we have to kill the cats when there's so many humans we can kill but i think <laughs> i think so the idea that cats are yeah there's there's elements of sociopathy perhaps narcissism that could be ascribed that's that's literally their evolution if you let a yes. cat out into the wild I mean, the feral, they do a lot better. You let a golden retriever out in the wild, it's probably not going to do very well. They're too, they're, they're not, they, we've shaped them too much, but the cats, they kind of, we haven't really changed them. Like you said, they may have evolved themselves, but I do still think this. So people think cats are self, selfish, that the only reason they're rubbing their face on you is to get the scent. I also believe and know for a fact that cats really do appreciate I mean, they appreciate the members of their pride and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That's what they consider humans. Um, I, I would say cats are capable of love as much as uh, dogs, maybe slightly different way, less of a, subs it's almost less subservient. You have, your dog's going to, it's almost like not impressive to get the love of a dog. <laughs> but if you can get the love of a cat, hey man, that that probably means something. And, yeah. and, and one funny thing is, so I, so there's, there's, a lot of times people who don't like cats, the cat will go up to them at the party. They're, that's a common complaint. And mm -hmm. one theory behind that is there's basically, so there, you don't like a cat or maybe you're allergic, you're squinching up your eyes. That's a signal to catch. The, the eye squinch is a, it's a, like a welcoming, pleasing signal to if you do that to a cat like if you haven't tried that you know go up to the cat squint your eyes a lot of times this cat will squint the eyes back it's some sort of appeasement um mm -hmm. like relationship gesture so here we have all these cat haters they're squ they're squinting their eyes and the cat's like oh this person loves me yes and not their fault they're just they're just trying to get to know you right and i the one of the things the reason why one i think that why cats go up to the people who ignore them is because we were talking earlier about cats having boundaries. Mm. And so they don't want the person who's going to be all over them. 
Right. You know, they right. don't. They have their, they want, the, they want, they do like companionship. My cat is actually, for all, jo- all joking aside, my cat is the most adorable love bug. Just like to mm-hmm. the point, like you said, the other cat had, that you knew was like a dog. Like I can't go anywhere without this cat following mm-hmm. me. He's always on top of me. He always wants cuddles. And um, when I go over to someone else's house, they automatically think that I'm going to go for the cat, just try touching the cat. I go, no, I'm going to ignore that cat. Right, right. And then the cat's going to come to me. And it happens every time. I'm like, just watch. Yep. And they're like, do you have cat treats in your pocket? I go, no, but that is a good idea. <laughs> I, <laughs> I should do that going forward. So I would love to see these other ways Mm-hmm. in which we better understand cats now than we did in the 1800s and earlier written into stories with more creative twists on cats sure. you know and not the ti- like you said not the tire trope of kill the cat not the tire trope of of um cat's revenge because then you'd have to like hurt the cat in the first place yeah. i think stephen king's uh movie uh, cat cat's eye right um the last story in that did an excellent job of what i would like to see more with cats um also with his screenplay uh sleepwalkers mm. where cats are also um the protagonists mm-hmm. uh so um so one of my favorite cats in horror of all time is the cat clovis from sleepwalkers mm. who's the sheriff's cat and he is the savior of the day. And mm. even though <laughs> production-wise, not the best movie, but if you like cats and you like horror, <laughs> I suggest Sleepwalkers. Excellent. Well, that's a great note to end on. So tell us, what are you working on and where can people find your work? Even though I mentioned that already, say it again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, uh, am currently working on, um, a few short stories, um, that are in progress, but also, um, a novel and that novel does have a cat in it, but it's more of a dark fantasy than it is a horror. So, you know, uh, ideally no cat, um, no cat pain and, uh, to, but to find any of my published work, you could just go to my website, aesantana.com. You can find everything there. Um, and just recently, to do to do a, a little self plug, if that's okay. Of course. Um, we just came out with a um, craft uh, essay um, called "The Suspense Is Killing Me: How to Build Suspense in Any Genre." Nice. And you can find that in the Craft Guide, which is a, a book of essays, a craft essays called "Published: The Craft Guide." Awesome. That really sounds worth checking out. Excellent. Well, a thank you so much for coming on to my nightmare and for talking about such a fun topic of cats. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. Thanks for taking a trip with me through Josh's worst nightmare, where I, Josh Schlossberg, survey the dark landscape of biological horror fiction presented by Denver Horror Collective. If you don't want to miss any of the great, and sometimes disturbing, weekly episodes I've got planned for you, be sure to subscribe to Josh's Worst Nightmare on a variety of podcast platforms. 
You can also sign up for Josh's Worst Nightmare e-newsletter at joshesworstnightmare.com, where I share a whole squirming mess of bio-horror, including my infamous haiku horror reviews and my latest dark scribblings. Speaking of which, if you haven't already picked up a copy of my cosmic biological folk horror novella, Moline, from D&T Publishing, you can find a copy of the paperback, hardcover, or ebook at Amazon, Godless.com, or joshesworstnightmare.com. Yours darkly, Josh Schlossberg.